business. The blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Shajay Bushan, Senior Associate at Zaha Hadid Architects. Shajay, it's great to talk to you again. Likewise, yeah, it's been um, maybe a year and a half, no, two years or so, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it was two years ago when we yeah, la- yeah. last uh, talked. And um, now I learned that you're working on, on your PhD in Switzerland uh, yeah. uh, at, at, at Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. So, yeah. so what is that all about? Um, so it's a in uh, the PhD is with um, Philippe Bloch um, um, and the Bloch Research Group at the ETH uh, in Zurich, um, and it's kind of co-advised by uh, Patrick, who's the principal at Zadid Architects, um, and Philippe, who's the chair of the, uh, the chair of structural design, and also uh, the technical. Advisor is uh, Tom Van Mele, who's also uh, co-directing the Block Research Group. So, uh, in that sense, it's a kind of continuation uh, of generally my interest in in digital design and engineering and um, and and how geometry fits into all of this. Um, um, yeah, so it's an interesting geometry that has expanded into uh, more found deeper um, exploration, let's say more rigorous uh, through the means of a PhD. And the topic is is uh, developing design expressions uh, for 3D printing um, and large format 3D printing in kind of like in concrete or concrete like materials. Um, so the technology has been around for maybe 20 years, and there's now rapid growth and interest in that domain. Uh, but like uh, my insight is that, or the thesis is based on, the PhD is based on the idea that there's not many people who know how to design for these new technologies, um, or that's a very underexplored aspect of the technology because everyone's been focusing on the material side and the robotic side and um, so yeah it's trying to propose design toolkits for designing for um, 3d printing and again more specifically it brings the insight that we can think of uh, 3d printing in materials like concrete as a kind of scaled down squishy version of um, masonry so uh, Block Research Group is very well known for their work in um, computationally upgrading masonry or uh, computational masonry, let's say. And so it's um, so it's a mixture of like the aesthetics of Zaha with and the design interests of Zaha, the architects with um, the scientific rigor of um, Block Research Group. Last time we discussed, we talked about parametric design, and. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, we have these terms like parametric, algorithmic, generative design. Are these all the same or are there differences? Yeah, I guess different authors and different audiences use the terms somewhat uh, interchangeably. I mean, because it's a rapidly growing field, um, like people tend to carve out their own niche and, and therefore they want to use their specific terms to address part of like what they're doing in the domain let's say um so 
<clears throat> I mean, if you consider design as only a kind of only the science part of it, like um, maybe then the computational design then encompasses most of the science. Um, whereas, like uh, with with authors like Patrick, when they when they try to theorize about it, it's it's not only the the technical. Uh, aspects of the medium, uh, but also generally the conceptual aspects of how how you reorganize the the theory of the field to to adapt and incorporate all the technological advances. So when Patrick speaks about parametricism, it's it's not only the technical capacities, but it's also how we can. Um, um, how how we can change our conceptual apparatus uh, to highlight and accentuate and make use of these emerging technologies. Your company, Zaha Hadid Architects, has been in the headlines several times recently, I've noticed, and, yeah. and thanks to many exceptional projects. Um, mm -hmm. So, But how much uh, of these new uh, types of design methods and tools like computational design have you used in 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 the most recent projects yeah i mean what's interesting about the company and and the practice it is one of the more um, has been digital for a long time um so in that sense every new project is like a kind of has its own lineage and so increasing amounts of computational um, expertise goes into uh, into the projects but so it's a it's a ever evolving kind of interest so for sure recent projects are more computational in that sense and also more refined expressions um, and then the earlier projects maybe like maybe 15 years ago things were a bit more exploratory and um, but by now like the company there's a lot of expertise in delivering projects on time and on budget uh, and yet be exceptional um, spatially and, and experientially so um, and that to me is a reflection of like where the science part of it and the computational part of it is um, increasingly used but also uh, increasingly less um, kind of uh, how do you say it's more in the background it's in that sense it's a bit like movie making where the the non-technological side of it is expressed more uh, because the technological aspects are like beginning to be increasingly under control and uh, and there's a lot of virtuoso virtuosity let's say uh, within the company and expertise so yeah so in that sense it's definitely more like the uh, let's say a movie by Pixar or something where you don't really realize like many PhDs go into into the making of a movie because you're concentrated on the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, um, as you said before, it's not just about doing some uh, a technical solution for a design problem. It's also the whole process and, and the language which can mm -hmm. be quite different when we are using these new tools. But how does uh, computational or parametric design differ from a more traditional approach? I think one of the key aspects uh, that is 
different is that it's uh, def- definitely increasingly co-authored by the multiple stakeholders. Definitely there's a more integration at the early stages. It's not a linear process anymore where the architect thinks of something and then the engineers have to figure out how to build it and then the contractor has to actually build it. <clears throat> um, it's definitely moving towards using the common medium of computers and and digital technologies there's a move towards early stage design being very collaborative um, and also cumulative in the sense that it builds upon not only the work of the previous projects but also builds upon historic knowledge um, and other scientific knowledge in other domains Uh, so for example lots of recent advances in um, computational design come from um, or influenced heavily by computer graphics um, and people from that domain taking an interest in um, in digital design for example so um, so it's it's definitely significant difference, I would say, from a traditional approach is that it is cumulative and it's collaborative. And therefore, we can address a multitude of wider um, influences, like everything from environmental to social aspects and physical aspects of building uh, at the early stages of design. So uh, the value comes from uh uh, a more intense collaboration at the early stages and, and being able to influence the the outcome when it's still possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, because, I mean, if you go by the Pareto principle, like most of your gains, let's say, uh, intelligent gains, like are in the early stages, like by the time you get to delivery of the project, like you can optimize a bit more. But the significant gains are when you collaborate and co-author almost at the early stages. So it's um, so it's more more like things used to be, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in in the nineteenth century and and before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, artificial intelligence AI is one of the topics that that I've written uh, yeah. recently about. And but but what's your take on on the use of machine learning and AI? In, in the context of, of, of design and construction? Um, I think, like, it's a very nascent field, let's say. I mean, in general, the resurgence of machine learning and AI is in, in itself, like, quite a new thing, and it's a rapidly evolving and uh, changing field, and new new technologies and new terminologies uh, come in almost on a day-to-day basis. So uh, its impact on architecture is yet to be... Uh, or at least I have yet to see any real um, definitive impact yet. But of course, it on the one hand, it can lead to more efficiencies, like because it you can expose um, a wider aspect of the pipeline and the workflow to to scrutiny, which is what uh, you know big data aspects of machine learning really allow you to look at like. Um, process in a from a wider perspective um, so that's definitely going to impact I, I would imagine the way we design uh, and who which stakeholders take precedence in which stage of the uh, of, of the design pipeline design to construction pipeline um, but in terms of like conceptually 
I'm of um, I'm of the opinion that um, machine learning or AI is more uh, like more likely to augment our intelligence as opposed to replace. Um, so it's gonna provide new insights and um, which. Of, of course, we're going to co-evolve with that. <clears throat> so the designer skills and the engineer skills are going to also co-evolve as, as machine learning and AI advance, um, particularly as, as we see examples in our domain come into bear, like then there will be creative co-evolution of, uh, of the human designer as well. So <clears throat> I, I think, yeah, so those are the two, two things that I see. One, that there is going to be a wider you can consider wider aspects of um, what influences building and the built environment at the early stages again. Um, and But also, like, not, you know, because we're going to co-evolve, like, our problem-solving or even creative capacities are going to be augmented, definitely. Mm. Um, you said that, uh, that uh, digital fabrication is already... Um, gaining ground and and um, but but so far i think we've seen prototypes and demonstrations and perhaps not interest uh, perhaps not uh, industrial scale applications yet but how, how how do you see the development of digital fabrication yeah i think that's um i mean already we are seeing like you know even traditional beam platforms are beginning to at least address the fact that like building information modeling can be used to directly inform production pipelines as opposed to producing drawings, which is which has been the more traditional use of building information modeling is to produce drawing packages. But like sooner or later, um, that uh, you know the BIM could also become part of like addressing um, how machines, well, the information that machines need uh, to produce things and. Uh, and this is kind of happening already in in the timber industry, for example, um, you know, because it's been traditionally quite advanced in already digitized, let's say, as an industry, lots of CNC machines and, and now also increasingly robots and so on. Um, and so there are people already taking the logical steps of um how to connect digital design with like these kind of mass manufactured or mass timber aspects uh, and we are also interested in like the digital timber aspects whereas it's like smaller scale use of robots uh, perhaps in a container on somewhat near the site not entirely off-site or or some hybrid between mass timber and digital timber um so yeah, I mean, it, these are just still kind of nascent. And then there's also companies that are making parametric um, building components like staircases, floors, uh, like Block Research Group itself has like a prototype for a floor, for example, which is 3D printed and they've been testing it and so on. Um, so um, it, it is definitely a logical step after or in conjunction with computational design because like it just computational design can address many degrees of freedom and so digital fabrication is one of one of those mm-hmm. uh, because it's digitized which means it's already in the same language um, and so I would expand 3d printing definitely is another file to factory kind of technology so 
um, it's um, I, yeah, I would imagine in 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 the next few years, it's gonna the domain's gonna see a lot of investment and activity uh, and refinement, because so far, as you say, yeah, it has been prototypes and demonstrate demonstrations, but the demonstrators keep getting bigger and more building-like, which is very so. There's very much cause for optimism uh, in 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 this domain. Yeah. 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 I also see it as a as very a very logical development, but it also will require from designers certain kind of understanding of of production. Yeah, we we definitely think that there will be a moment where um, I mean, right now, like the business of architectures um, yet to capitalize, or we don't. It's not seen yet that designers win work because of their technical capacities, but mm. I think that's gonna soon change. Um, when, when like the industry is digitized, and which as we spoke previously, it, it is being digitized rapidly, and so and there are already small firm, I mean smaller practices, young practices that are more agile, um, beginning to make an impact. They're being able to procure work because of their digital expertise. Um, so, uh, and we are also seeing that, like you know, apart from <clears throat> like generally the 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 brand of like Zadi Architects, we we're also seeing increasingly clients wanting to see our BIM capacities and our, you know, fabrication expertise and so on. Uh, again, in the timber industry first, uh, but also in 3D printing. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, we, again, in that there is like very much cause for optimism, but I mean, I, I suppose because the industry is traditionally kind of slow, uh, things might take a little bit longer, but <clears throat> it's uh, it's in my opinion it's kind of inevitable. As 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 a designer, uh, I would like to know what inspires you. Where do you find inspiration for your work? Yeah, so that's that's a very interesting uh, aspect of um, computation. I mean, when you're coming from uh, design background like an, an architectural background so it's not only technological and that's why I use the analogy of like the movie industry where um, there is like lots of things that are yet to be digitized um, kind of how people navigate through spaces and user experiences of buildings uh, and the social aspects of buildings are not fully digitized nor fully understood digitally so um, so there is that. Um, um, so there's inspiration-wise, there is like yeah. So we have like at least two bags. One is like the more traditional architectural training and you and theoretical guidance to to the work. Um, um, and 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 then there is also new emerging technologies that inspire us like it could be a fabrication technology that we want to explore maybe things like 3d printing or things like um, sheet metal folding and so or it can be um, some new technologies like of creating geometries that are coming from the computer graphics industry uh, so-called procedural geometry creation um, and definitely natural examples always are inspiring because it's rule-based um, and, and and physics-based. 
Um, so those those are the more readily digitized aspects already. So they're more amenable to computational workflows. So um, yeah, so these two bags, like either it's technology driven bag or it's like more theory led, um, particularly when it is like larger sets of buildings, urbanism, uh, they're more theory-led and they're supported by computational work. Um, but maybe for unique one-off buildings and structures and so on, like, yeah, maybe the inspiration is more natural, but also historic. Like, I mean, that's why we've been collaborating with Block Research Group for the longest time because they're upgrading and bringing a lot of historic knowledge of uh, construction and masonry into the 21st century. And so that's very inspiring also. Um, uh, and what we find inspiring about uh, this new wave is that it's a bit like modernism in the sense that digital or parametric design or computational design is, uh, and specifically the subset uh, of the so-called architectural geometry, is finding uh, many materializations so it doesn't matter whether you're in India or China or Germany or Finland like um, you can all participate uh, in in this coming revolution in a way because you can locally materialize it like so it's somewhat like it has a wider repertoire so to speak um, so it in that sense similar to modernism because Corbusier's villa was built um, in in Switzerland um, in Zurich just as much as it found a different materialization in India um, and so I think that's uh, that's again uh, a very positive aspect of of, uh, of um, architectural geometry I would say. Mm -hmm. I guess that we have some members of the audience who are not yet quite familiar with parametric algorithmic design and, and computational design, but if they wanted to learn more, how could they uh, do it? Um, well, like everything else, the internet, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess like, you know, grasshopper forums and um, have, you know, it's, it's been a great service uh, to, to be young people or inexperienced people wanting to get familiarized um, there's a huge community uh, but then there's also you know specific research groups like uh, again I would mention block research group they're trying to um, well let's say disseminate all the knowledge and all the research in digestible pedagogical sense um, so a lot of information is available on their website um, and um, and also in terms of computer graphics, uh, you know, people like Keenan Crane and Carnegie Mellon, like, you know, they're bringing excitement to learning about geometry, you know, which traditionally, if, if architects are averse to mathematics, um, they should take a look at this work because... Um, uh, because it's all geometry-led. And so it's a kind of very good... Um, how do you say introduction to like understanding all this computational aspect first visually and geometrically and that's what like first attracted me to Philippe's work also in when his uh, PhD in MIT that like you could understand structures almost entirely geometrically and through geometric properties um, as opposed to numerical calculations and that that's quite a powerful way to um, 
begin exploring these aspects. You'll be a keynote speaker at the upcoming World Summit on Digital Built Environment, WDB 2019, here in Helsinki. Uh, I I very much look forward to that. Yeah, I'd say that we, we can continue the discussion there and hopefully... Many of our listeners are also going to join us. And uh, but, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Shaje, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for this opportunity, and uh, all the best uh, for your PhD work. All right, thank you so much. Thanks, Arnie. Thanks. <laughs>